Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Why are Jones generation women seeking younger men to date? It's important to note that people's preferences for dating partners can vary greatly, and there isn't a single reason that applies to all women of any specific generation. However, there are several possible reasons why some women, including those from the Jones generation, usually referring to Generation X, born roughly between the mid-1960s and early 1980s may seek younger men to date. These reasons may include compatibility and shared interests, Some women may find that they have more in common with younger men in terms of interests, hobbies, and lifestyle choices. This compatibility can foster a stronger connection and make the relationship more enjoyable. Energy and vitality. Younger partners may be perceived as having more energy and vitality, which can be appealing to some individuals. This can contribute to a more active and exciting relationship. Changing societal norms. In recent years, there has been a shift in societal norms and attitudes towards age-gap relationships. This increased acceptance may encourage older women to pursue relationships with younger men without feeling as much social stigma or judgment. Emotional maturity and stability. While age doesn't necessarily determine emotional maturity, some women may find that younger men possess the emotional stability and maturity they desire in a partner. They may find these qualities more readily in younger individuals compared to some older men. Personal preference. Ultimately, attraction and dating preferences are highly individual. Some women simply find themselves attracted to younger men, and there doesn't need to be a specific reason behind it. It's important to remember that these reasons are not universally applicable to all women from the Jones generation or any other group. People's preferences and motivations for dating can be diverse and influenced by a multitude of factors, including personal experiences and individual personality about people, places, or facts. Now that was the flattened version of the politically correct terminology for Jones Generation women, those of you Gen Xers, who were born between the years of 1965 to 1979. That's you. Now, here's the thing. This was the first generation of women that actually and openly pursued younger men. These are the modern-day cougars. And women coming after them in Gen Y, and so forth. Now, why were they so brash? Now, what you have to remember is my generation, the baby boomers, they had to be convinced about breaking traditions and norms. The Gen Xers wanted to specifically do that. 
Because they had one issue that really plotted them. That issue of remaining relevant. This is what you see now with a lot of these women who are aging in their 50s. And they're trying to stay young, trying to look for younger men, wanting to fight the tide of aging. Now, there are some women in their 60s that are trying to do the same. But what you're finding is more and more of these women in their 50s going for men in their 30s, 40s. They're trying to just keep about 10 years difference between themselves and their children and the person they're dating. So if they have kids in their 20s, like 25 or so, they're saying like maybe 35 would be okay. 40 would be better to parents in their 50s. Now, here's the thing. Why is this occurring? It's occurring due to several reasons. One of them is that many of these individuals that are out there now were born from baby boomers and even people from the silent generation. They don't want to go back under the repression of that period. And so, especially the women, because you'll see some of the most vehement women that do not want to roll the clock back to the way things used to be in their 50s, in the Senate, in Congress, trying to assert themselves. You look at Hillary Clinton. She's a boomer. And she also had the light of, hey, you know what? Women can do this. And maybe we should go forward and try to get the recognition for what we do. Nothing was wrong with that. It was the messenger giving the message. Now, even though Hillary was not a Gen Xer, she had the mindset to understand her audience. And her audience were Gen X women. As some baby boomer women who were still stuck in the old traditions. Now, here's the downside for many of these Gen X women that they don't realize with these younger men. They may feel young. They may feel vibrant. They may have the bucket list. They may like the fact that they're enjoying the moment. They have to think about what happens afterwards. And so what this means is that a lot of them will have to have a cavalier attitude. It is what it is. Because what happens with these younger men, a guy in his 30s that's messing around with a woman in her 50s, he knows that when he gets to a certain age, older women are not going to be so attractive to him, and he's going to, more than likely, statistically, go younger. Now, a lot of older women don't quite understand this sometimes when this happens. Younger men usually have a cap on older women as far as how far they'll go with you. And then after a while, they're like, okay, I've reached my limit. And some will deliberately break off the relationship 
at a certain age. Just like you ladies have your limits on how young you will go on men, men have their limits on how old they will go on women. For various reasons. As I told you before, one of the main reasons that turn men off with older women is when they start looking like a relative of theirs through the natural process of aging. See, here's the thing. Let me just kind of give you a little bit of insight on this a little bit more. You see, ladies, the younger you present yourself to a younger man, the more he's going to hold you to that standard of continuing that behavior. You know, a lot of women get upset when men say, oh, she needs to lose the weight now that she had the baby to get back to the way she was. Sounds very insensitive, doesn't it? But here's the problem. What the guy's trying to do is to hold you accountable to the same standard you established in the beginning of the relationship. And a lot of women don't like hearing that because they're like, oh no, you're supposed to love me and accept me as I am no matter how I am. And the guy says, well, wait a minute now. If I came to you and I had a job and I was making good money, and then later on I became broke, wouldn't your expectation be for me to have the same lifestyle that we started out with in the beginning? So that you would look at me as if to say, what happened? Well, men, unfortunately, look at women the same way. But in the physical context. Now, of course, a lot of women will say, well, wait a minute. I gave birth to his children. I have stretch marks on my body now. It's not like it used to be. I got to lose this weight and it's becoming more of a burden for me to maintain. Think about a man who would be struggling if he was to have lost his job, lost his resources and came to you with an excuse about that. What would you tell him? Get a job. Get one that's going to pay you, after all, what we started out with. Remember, that was ideal. So what that means is you're going to still hold him to the same standard that he started with. And this is what men do with you physically, ladies, a lot of times. So, what would you look for? You'd look for a man who has an understanding, who's mature enough emotionally to realize that there will be changes in your life and your body. This is something that a lot of older women overlook, especially in a Gen X they overlook that because they're looking at the gratification that they're getting from the moment not the longevity of that gratification let me have it now I want to be more contemporary I want to be with the latest whatever the latest is so let's say as they were growing up who were their celebrities that they liked, especially when they were young? Let's think about some of those artists. They'll be from the 80s, like Paul Abdul, Lisa Lisa, and Cult Jam. But they want to be a little bit more contemporary, so they may bring it down a bit and go with the Britney Spears, Katy Perry, Miley Cyrus, and now even a Taylor Swift. So she may be in her 50s and still be a Swifty. What is she trying to do? She may be a Beyonce fan. 
even though she was born before Beyonce. It's not about that. It's about being relevant. And the one thing that you're going to have to look at with many of these women who are playing that game is that when they feel as though they have become less relevant, some of them will be divorced and they will feel empty. And so they'll get on this little freight train of a little satisfaction of being kind of dancing with the youth again. But the only thing they have to keep in mind is that, hey, it may not last forever. It's a crapshoot. This is the reason why when people get serious about relationships, usually women will date a man no, no older than five years younger than he is, or no more than, I mean she is, or no more, or no more than 10 years older than she is. She tries to keep it in perspective. So, some of you younger guys, you may get your heart broken you fall in love with a woman in her 50s. And things are working out well. And then even though she's had all the dick in the world from you, had all the sex from you, then she tells you, uh, you know, I need to get serious. Let me get someone in my peer group. What she's doing is she's doing that preemptively so that you won't end the relationship and make her feel bad. She'd rather turn you down, which makes her feel better, to go forward. Now, what are some of these women doing in order to attract these younger men? They're going to the gym now. The gym is the new meat market. Used to be the grocery store. Used to be nightclubs. Used to be bars. Used to be pool halls. It trends. Sushi bars, that kind of thing. Karaoke. But the one thing to keep in mind. You're on this quest of being adored and admired. See, the difference is this. In past generations, women did not mind aging according to their status. And they were not so quick to necessarily follow trends. Gen X is, on the other hand, willing to do so. Now, this is not to say all Gen Xers especially women, took on this particular uh, attitude. A good percentage of them did. But many of them will find out that they are going to wind up being empty later on in life. Oh, they'll be admired by guys for whatever physical attributes. But as far as genuine love, compassion, caring, those things may be void. So what did many of them do? They preoccupy themselves with bucket lists, with things they plan on doing in retirement. And this is gonna be a different type of retirement generation, unlike the rest. Even my generation's a little bit different. And I'm 61. These people that are gonna be retiring or in their 50s now, it's gonna be a whole different thing because they're gonna go down fighting in the sense of relevance, in the sense of not feeling as though they're left out. And those in Gen Y and Gen Z are gonna say, sit down for the first time. 
And a lot of them are not going to quite understand that because they've been so accustomed to trying to eat up as much attention and spotlight as possible. And it's going to be very difficult for this generation to do this. Even in my generation now, I'm 61. There are women that are in their 70s. Talking about they want a younger man in their 30s. Because one thing that Gen X did, they kind of opened the door a bit. Gen Z opened it very broadly and wide for people to now act upon some of the things that they thought about in the past but never really brought it to fruition. The younger generation's like, look, I'm not going to straddle myself with a whole bunch of debt and a whole bunch of kids. I'm not going to take my ass to some Ivy League school and pay money that's going to keep me in debt forever. I'm not going to finance a house for 30 years. I'm not going to finance a car for 72 months. They got it. And what they're telling society is, you guys were stupid for doing the shit you did over the years. And don't make the comparison to us because back then, a high-end car cost $13,000. Your mortgage was no more than $75,000. So they're looking at it from the perspective of shut the fuck up. Now, it sounds crazy, but I want you to think about a couple of things here. We saw this in history before the greatest generation in the 1920s. They were trying to distance themselves from the people from the 19th century. It's the same thing in the 21st. You have another generation that's trying to distance themselves from the people of the 20th century. This is not adversarial. This is growth. And it's kind of the growth that some people don't like really enduring because it can be painful. We'll talk more in a moment. One of the main things that you're seeing now in Gen X women is a resurgence and an interest in all kinds of uh, alterations to the body. Whether it's from spanks, tummy tucks, mommy makeovers, you name it. And the reason why you're seeing this rise in women doing this, especially on the Gen X side of of the spectrum, they want to still retain that youth that they had before. They love the attention of it. They love the fact that now they want to look good at 50 in many ways like they did at 25 to a certain degree. Now, what are these women phobic about? A lot of them are phobic about aging. They don't want to deal with a man. A lot of times they'll say, I don't want to deal with a man that's broke down. I don't want to deal with a man that looks old. See, it used to be where older men were more distinguished and appreciated. 
Now, they look at more of them as an embarrassment. Your ladies that are in that realm have written in talking about having their, trying to get their husband to dye their hair, dye their beard. Or get electrolysis so that they don't have the gray hair. Gray hairs are the reminders that you're having a chemical change in your body. And you're aging, whether you like it or not. Because, let's face it, you'll run out of money for dye before gray hair will run out of efforts to prevail. It's an ongoing battle. Now, other things that we have to realize too. Why is this cosmetic surge so popular? Well, we could blame it on media. But what we need to also blame it on is the limited attention span we all have. And now that we have other avenues of getting attention on a broader scale, you're starting to see a lot of women go on TikTok and other social media talking about how they look hot for a 55-year-old or a 56-year-old. Because I want you to think about it for a moment. In the past, where would these women be like in my generation? More than likely, wearing rollers in their hair, wearing a duster, with stockings rolled up under their knees being called grandma. The modern woman now wants to kick that stereotype aside. They want to show their relevance, their beauty. And they don't want to just be tucked away because now they're shifting the goalposts as they've done in the past, but now it's become more evident and prominent. You hear them all the time. 50 is the new 40. 60 is the new 50. Because they're trying to get back to where they were. Now, another thing that you're seeing with this uh, Jones Generation Gen X type of female she doesn't have much hesitation when it comes to divorce as many couples in my generation and before couples stayed together out of complacency for the kids or a whole bunch of other things this generation of women are not doing this because they're looking for another opportunity. They're looking to go forward. And also, women in this generation are actually telling their kids, you need to find a babysitter. You need to go and take care of your children. I'm not going to sit here and rear your children. I've already reared you. I will have my kids, my, my grandkids here when I have time for them or when I can have them in my schedule. I love them, but you know what? You're going to have to spend more time with them. Parents are telling their kids this. Now, 
one problem that Gen X women are having that are grandmothers, their daughters that are in their 20s, maybe in their 30s, may have become too permissive with their children growing up. So the disrespect now is a little bit more evident than it was before. Kids are talking back, running the household, telling the parents what they're going to do. And some of these women may not feel as though they kind of have the bona fides in order to really stand by what they're saying with their children. And so grandmother now is a little bit more reinforcement. And what they're running into a problem with on two fronts. Some of them are dealing with sons that may not have taken on responsibility. And so they're trying to come back home. Especially with COVID, a lot of them boomeranged back home. But here's the difference. A lot of these Gen X women in their 50s are saying, you know what? Uh, you're not going to stop this show. I'm still going to date. I'm still going to decide on the guy I want to be with. Uh, you might as well dry those tears up. Me and your dad didn't make it. And we're moving on. This is one element that you don't see as much in other generations that you see now. Her grandmother is asserting herself. Now, a lot of these women who are in their 60s in my generation are finally getting it. Like, hey, you know, I'm still a woman. I still have my needs. I still need to live too. These women in their 50s, they got the message. And a part of it has to do with that typical role of a grandmother interfering with the way they feel about themselves. They feel like a woman. They don't feel like an old grandmother. And they don't want to even align themselves with that part of a lifestyle. This is why they're avoiding a lot of these older men. Or even some men in their peer group. Because they don't like it. They don't like aging. They look at it in many ways as a liability. And then there are others that accept it because they have been in a nice relationship, they're in one, and they have aged gracefully with their partner, and they're okay with the aging process. They're not going through this. But there are many others that didn't get the attention growing up, and this is their moment to shine. So they'll go on TikTok and tell them that they're 55 or 53 and that they're single and they're ready to mingle. They're ready to live their lives. They're ready to go and party. They're ready to go and do their bucket list. Or they'll go on these different dating sites, Bumble and the rest, and say the same things and assert themselves. But now, there's also a contingent of women in my generation that had made some life choices. And they see these other women that have been a little bit sterner when it comes down to standing their ground with their kids, 
and also, and I'm talking about their adult kids, and also with what they want. A lot of these women in my generation did not get the things they wanted in life. And it was a buyer's remorse for some of them. And now they're trying to go and revisit some of those things. So they wanted to have a bucket list. So they wanted to finish school. So they wanted to find someone that they could love and date, be with. And these women in their 50s are letting them know, hey, you know what? It's not too late. You could do it too. And a lot of them are saying, you know what? Let me put away the dust in the gray wig and let me go out there and try to have me some fun. Now, the interesting thing is many of these women are not looking to get married. A lot of these women have outlived their husbands, especially in their 60s. And so they're back once again, trying to regroup and rekindle. And some are even trying to find themselves for the first time because they've been in silos of relationships for decades. And of course, many of them are frightened to be out there for the first time, trying to date, not knowing who they would be compatible with and kind of fearful of getting out there because the landscape has changed. Same thing with many of these women who are in their 50s. We got to remember, they were in their prime years well before the internet, well before online dating was even thought of. And so, the technology, some of the things associated with it, such as avoiding scammers, avoiding carnotis, not getting hurt, not being embarrassed, not being told they're too old, are things that make them fearful of really going out there and really having a good time and enjoying themselves. They become more cognizant about themselves. Because, see, they already had that sense of self-criticism within their marriage or relationship. Because, once again, they had constraints that they put on themselves, self-imposed constraints. And some of them were based on the restraints of society at that time when they were in their prime. And they think those things still apply. Well, things have gotten a lot more lax in our society now. Women can come out and say what gender they prefer. There were women that were in my generation, silent generation, and even now in Gen X, that if they had tendencies to be with a woman, now they can be with one. If they had tendencies to be interracially, uh, dating interracially, now they can do it. All of the things that they held as taboos in the past, they can challenge those things now, unlike before, where you had an overwhelming majority that was against it. So these are some of the things that's coming about. The tolerances have increased in the population as a whole. 
And these are some of the things that have worked to benefit women. But we've got to give credit where it's due. Gen X women from the Jones generation actually were the tip of the iceberg with this. Now, don't get me wrong. There were other women that have aspired to do this in the past. But it was on a very limited scale, and it was those people over there. We can go back as far back as the 20s with the flappers. We have to remember it. That was a certain group of women, even though it was popular and trending in the 1920s. But it wasn't something that was accepted on a mainstream basis, where it was acceptable. Now it's acceptable for a 51-year-old woman to go out and get a tummy tuck, a boob lift, and a Brazilian butt lift. You have a lot of people out there now that are going and they're saying, you know, forget going to the gym. Let me go to my surgeon. And you have others that are saying, nope, my body's still in good shape. Let me go to the gym instead. And some are going to the gym, of course, to meet guys. Younger guys, muscular guys. The guys that they wouldn't find normally in their age group. So what are some of the other trends here? A lot of these women are not looking for men who are uh, disabled or who have... Um, certain ailments they'll be quick to say thanks but no thanks they'll pass on in a way it's like you have something that they don't want to catch and it's called aging more in a moment Now, when I look back in my own experience of dating older women when I was younger, I had to keep in mind a couple of things here. Most of the older women that I dated were from the earlier boomer generation. And there were a couple that I dated along the way that were from the silent generation. Very few numbers in that. Now, what does this mean? Well, being that I was born in 62, 1962, I would date women that were born in 52. And it would be a stretch for 42, but that happened also at times. But here's the thing that I want you to understand. That was rare very rare, extremely rare. The majority of the women, when I was in my 20s, they were in their 30s or 40s. Now, here's the thing. I had that measure because I knew that that was where I would probably keep my interests. I was attracted to a lot of older women that have told me, well, you have 
an emotional maturity about you. You're a great listener, you're a great communicator, you're considerate, you're nice. And what used to always get them was the age gap. You will find this with boomer women dealing with younger men, more so than Gen X women dealing with younger men. Now, the Gen X women took this by the horns and they ran with it because they had seen some of the social restraints of the past and they wanted to blow them out of the water because their happiness, their fulfillment was more important. This is the generation that made sure their kids went to private school. This is the generation that made sure their kids had the best. Their kids were better than everyone else's they saw. This was the generation that would go and buy their kid a trophy even though that kid came in last. And of course, he ran into conflict with a lot of couples when some of the men would say, wait a minute, no, 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 no. Uh, Johnny came in last, Johnny needs to go and practice more. And mama would say, Johnny, baby, don't you worry about a thing. Mama's gonna give you a trophy because in her eyes, you're number one. Now we had no idea that, of course, these kids, when they become Gen Z, would be what we have today. Now, the other thing about this, when it comes down to vitality, when it comes down to feeling reinvigorated, they want to, the Gen X women, identify with the younger men for the most part because, again, they're phobic when it comes to aging. They want to be on top of it. In many cases, so much so that they're abreast on the newest technology, the newest dating sites, the newest dating trends. They do not want to get old. They do not want, and I'm talking about a segment of Gen X women, not the whole group. But see, there are some other things that we have to look at here. Hobbies and interests. Well, if she has a younger protege or a younger gentleman that's showing her how to draw, for instance, because she doesn't know, she finds that intriguing and interesting because she may not have had that kind of opportunity in her marriage or in her relationship. She may not have had the spontaneity that the younger man offers her. And her level of appreciation will also dictate his interest in her. Because she could still be very constricted on what she feels as though is appropriate. She may feel as though I can't let my hair down because I'm from this generation and it falls outside of the parameters of my comfort. And many of these women don't realize that the comfort zone that they have established for themselves was actually based on someone else's level of comfort and not their own, but society as a whole. So what are some of the telltale signs of this? That 55-year-old woman that decides that she wants to wear a two-piece bikini for the first time. 
even though she may have stretch marks. Just like uh, the lady that constantly leaves messages, the one who had um, was a shot putter in high school, and she thought she never had a chance with a decent guy in life because she was not the most attractive or the most physically attractive woman. And then all of a sudden at 51, it comes down to where this guy who was the jock that she really admired, who had the cheerleader girlfriend, he wound up having a genuine interest in her. And the reason for that was because this woman has more substance than the woman he was with, because he was with her based on her beauty, based on the aesthetics of the relationship. In other words, he went for the woman he wanted first, and he wound up with the woman he needed now. The other thing you have to realize is this, because men went through this same thing. You may be outgrown by men, ladies. This can happen. I know that we had the old adage about how women are more mature than men. Women are given more social responsibility than men. And we have to understand that that level of immaturity that we perceive of us men is due largely with the fact that we've shifted the burden of that responsibility onto you ladies. So you have to be the serious ones. You have to be the one with the decorum. You have to be the ambassadors in relationships. While the man can go get drunk, talk shit at a party, and you're the one that's got to clean up the mess. And a lot of you ladies have been tired of doing that especially some of you Gen X ladies that have been around the block with these marriages and relationships. You already know. You're throwing your hands up and say, no, it's me time now. It's time for me. Now, here's the downside to it. Many of these women are frustrated because they're looking at the caliber and the quality of some of these younger men and they're starting to realize, well, wait a minute. Whoa, uh, I'm supposed to be on a pedestal. I'm supposed to be treated better than this. And these younger men are saying, yeah, you're hot for an older lady, but I always have the option of getting someone younger. And this is what they're leveraging. This is the reason why some of you ladies are surprised when these new generation of younger men are coming in that you want to maybe start seeing a dating and these guys are not serious they're still looking around still seeing what is available and many of them are also looking at the situation now a couple of things here there's a number of Gen X women as well as boomers that have not divorced, that are still married, some are separated, and they still want to have the relationship, a fulfilling one, 
But one thing that you have to realize is this. When a guy is serious about starting a family, you're the first to go. A lot of times he will be with you because you're a safe haven. If the condom burst, as they always say, they know that there's a less likelihood of you getting pregnant. Not only that, they know that for the most part, a lot of you don't like having sex with protection. And so this works to their advantage in the sense that she's just going to only ask me to be committed to her. Well, she's opening her legs for me anytime I want it. So I got a place. My dick has a home. And that's the way they look at it. Until they start getting tired. Now, let's talk about some of the downsides for many Gen X women who get into this realm of youth. It will get to a point where you look good for a 58-year-old, 59-year-old, 60-year-old. I want you to equate that to a woman that's told by a man of a different race. You look good for a white girl. You look good for a black girl. You're attractive for a Latin girl. It's in that same frame of reference when you hear guys, especially the younger guys, talk to you like that. You look good in your own category. But in comparison to everybody else, you don't compete. That's what it translates to, ladies. That's a backhanded compliment. Now, another thing that happens, unfortunately, and a lot of you ladies can attest to this, some of you Gen X ladies in your 50s are out there and you're trying to help some of these younger girls to take better care of themselves, to avoid some of the pitfalls that you ran into. And they're very visceral with you. They're telling you to shut the fuck up in podcasts and in different um, social media platforms. They're telling you you don't know what you're talking about. Keep it to yourself etc, etc. And some of you are finding it hard to even mentor these young ladies. The reason being, they look at you as not a person that they should respect. They look at you as not only competition, but they look at you as a failure. Not anything that you've done personally. They look at the whole generations before them as a failure. You know, it's that idle youth. We have the answers to everything because we're young. You folks have been doing it the wrong way until they figure it out that they're going to be told the same thing by the next generation. Now, when it comes to these men, some of the pitfalls that you run into, mama's boys. 
Some of you ladies in your 50s still dating men that live at home with mom in their 30s and 40s. Yes, there are many people out there that had the boomerang back after COVID. There's some of you that are trying to cope, trying to manage. And if anything, many of you are taking care of men. Something in the past that women said that they would never do. In my generation, nope, boomer women rarely find them taking care of men. The reason being, they can't respect them if they're taking care of them. Silent generation, it was totally unheard of. Unless he was injured or unless he was disabled. An able-bodied man laying around? No. Some Gen X women allow this to happen to avoid loneliness. To still feel like they're relevant. And many of them are living vicariously through these younger men in order to attain that goal. feel relevant. I feel important. I feel like I'm part of life, society, because I'm with someone who's in demand in society. So that resonates with me. So what are some of the things that you wind up doing? Some of you wind up taking unnecessary risk with your partner. So take, for instance, He's 35 and he's still riding around on a motorcycle, a crotch rocket. And you want to hop on the back of it just so that you can have the exhilaration that you missed out on in your youth. You're going kayaking and canoeing and all these other things. And physically, you may not have the stamina for it like he does. but you don't want to show it because you're afraid of losing it and you're afraid of being irrelevant. Now, I know a lot of you don't like hearing what I'm saying. I'm just telling you what many of the women have written in and shared with me. Some of the messages they've left. And then you have a group of you, ladies, along with some of you boomer ladies, that are looking for those men that are still chivalrous. And you're noticing with many of these young men that has gone by the wayside. And some of you are trying to rehabilitate, train, or show up with these young men how to treat you. And the problem you have with that is they don't see the value in learning from you in that respect when they know good and well, there's a broader market for them with these younger women. As long as they can leverage their youth against you, and this is with older men and younger women too, as long as they can leverage their youth against you, they will always have that as an advantage and a caveat to end the relationship. We'll talk more in just a moment. Now, in conclusion, according to the Pew Research Center, 
the majority of millennials, those individuals that are Gen Y, born after 1980 through, I believe it was, don't quote me on this, I think it was the early 2000s. No, to 1980 through 96, I believe, maybe. Oh, you could listen to one of the podcasts. I had it all in front of me. I don't have that information now in front of me, roughly. But millennials, they were the generation born after Gen X, Gen Y. This group was actually more racially tolerant when it came to interracial dating than any other group in the past. Now, Gen X, even though they were not so racially integrated when it came down to dating, they focused more on the age difference. So they were more appreciative of age gaps. Gen Y, millennials, were more appreciative of racial differences. Gen Z, is more tolerant and accepting of not only age, gender, and race. So this is the progression you see as a result. What has happened in essence since 1964 we have seen a progression of gradual acceptance to some of the not so common aspects of our society where they're being accepted now. Now what this means primarily is that in all three of these generations you're starting to see progression. The biggest issue you'll see in this particular Gen X demographic with females is that a lot of these women are in an era of rediscovery. Yes, these women are getting into their 50s and really redefining themselves, understanding themselves for the first time. The Gen Ys and the generation behind them in their 40s they're doing the same. And these women are a lot more racially tolerant. And you will find more of them dating and marrying interracially than you probably would women in the Gen X category. Gen Zs that are floating around in their 30s. Whole different attitude. They're coming out, some are changing their gender, and they're bold with it. Because what they're doing is saying, hey, you know what? Live and let live, this is what I am, this is where I am, this is who I love. So in each one of these generational categories, you're seeing progression, as I told you before, but also it's actually going retro, where there are people who were boomers, 
that are now taking a look at this and saying, hey, why can't I do that too? Why can't I be more tolerant? Why can't I be more integrated in society? Why can't I have fun in what I want to design my destiny to be? So for the first time, there are actually people that are being creative with their own lives that before everything was scripted. Family traditions, societal rules and norms. It's taken a while to go from where we were with the lost generation to where we are now today. It took a lot of work to get here. Now, what are the, some of the things that Gen X women have to look for in the future? Well, you think about it. In the next nine to ten years, you're going to be in your 60s. You're going to be ready for retirement, many of you. The world is going to change in so many ways. So what are some of the challenges that you may face? Well, retirement as we know it now may not be the same when you get ready to do so. You may have to work a few more years till you're 67 or in some cases 70. So therefore you have to plan a little bit better. Because, see, I was born on the tail end of when companies took care of people from cradle to the grave. We saw that die out in the late, the early 80s, late 70s. Because when Reagan came into office, there was one thing that America kind of accepted. Unions were bad. High-paying jobs were bad in the sense that they were paying a lot of lazy people to do nothing. That's what they were trying to imply. And that affirmative action, those women and those minorities were taking your jobs, which was a lie. There were more jobs available because they couldn't even fill many of the billets for those positions. And they'd stayed empty for years in many cases. They failed to give you that stat. The other thing too that we had to realize was in the 90s, what would we push toward? Right to work, remember that? With Newt Gingrich and those guys trying to get that legislation passed through? As if you were being denied the right to work, which never existed. But the way they framed it was in the interest of the corporations. You bust up the unions, you lower the labor rate, you give people the illusion that they're going to lose their jobs to company, companies overseas, while in actuality, you were going to lose that job to another state that could have a lower labor rate than you, that could accommodate them a little bit more than the people in your state. So you saw Saturn, remember Saturn, that company? One in places like South Carolina. And later BMW went there. And you start seeing this to materialize. 
what that meant. Pure union jobs. States pitted against each other over jobs such as box store jobs, call center jobs, 20-hour-a-week jobs with very few benefits, if at all, with the promise of jobs. Remember that? And so we play that game. And now you're faced with a situation with a narcissistic individual that feels as though everybody should come to his aid because he has a plethora of people that would vote for him just because they look at him as being an emperor or a god of some sort. And they're willing to follow him blindly with only a few open dissenters out there but everybody else is kissing his ring. At least until he's been convicted of a felony. And then, of course, by that time, everybody's going to throw rocks at him because they're trying to cater to his base. And guess what, folks? Those are the very people that you're going to have in office that will dictate how your retirement goes and how things will play out politically for you when you become a senior. When you start to realize that it's going to be ridiculous to dye your hair in the future, or you're going to find it ridiculous to try to put in, put your body in that miniskirt anymore, or wear those high heels that have been killing your back for the longest, That time when you can be you. Where you can be actually you for the first time. Not pressured or pushed because of trends or because you're trying to stay relevant. But where you can be at peace with yourself. Now that's one thing I'll give some of the boomer women. Born in the 50s. In the 60s. I will give them credit for one thing, late 40s all the way through to 64. Some of you just wanted to be yourself again. And you didn't want to go through all of the things that some of the Gen X women went through. Trying to stay relevant, trying to stay in the gym, trying to do all of these other things for really someone else's benefit and you just wanted the Engrandizement from those benefits, the accolades, the notoriety, and the, and the attention. But there was a lot of you that are out there who just wanted peace, serenity, to be yourself, to be able to make your own decisions and think for yourself. So it comes in different flavors and different categories for people. Not everybody's the same. And as Gina said in the beginning of this, this is not about a monolith. What it has to do with is one segment of the female population that behaves in a manner. Now, if it pertains to you, 
it is you. If it doesn't, it isn't you. It's up to you. A lot of times we look at life as if we have to follow everyone or make a decision to follow someone. And sometimes we have to tap ourselves on the shoulder and say, you know what? Why don't you try leading yourself instead of following others? You have some people that are afraid to do that. They're afraid to make mistakes. They're so self-conscious. This is what I face a lot with boomer women. Very self-conscious. Because society always fostered that doubt, as they did with the silent generation and every generation before. The greatest generation all the way back to the lost. And for the first time, we're now starting to see in Gen Z where these women are really not so concerned with the self-doubt. The problem that we have, though, is with Generation Alpha. These younger women that are running into that problem, and some of the Gen Z women as well, where they're allowing social media and people on it. They have too much control over the way they feel. this is where the problem is. Parents have given them all the control. They close the door and let the kid just go into the virtual world. That's the babysitter. And not realize that that kid is being torn apart emotionally by trolls and every other kind of deplorable thing on the internet. And what does the parent want to do? protect the child by saying let's go and uh, go in on the social media companies and on these major corporations no you need to go in on your parenting skills that's where you need to start social media companies are not your babysitter it's just the same argument years ago with video games remember that how parents was upset about the violence in the video games but who were the parents that were complaining? Those that allowed their kids to sit in front of those games. So we have to face two realizations here. One, the quality of parenting has gone down immensely compared to the way it used to be. Parents are now letting kids actually lead and run the household decisions, those kind of things. And a lot of you Gen Z ladies, I mean Gen X ladies that have written in about how you don't understand your daughter not being able to talk to her children, control them. A different parenting style they try. And the problem is we've always looked at parenting in extremes. You had to be the strict disciplinarian of this Christian household. If everything is balanced and measured, you might come out with better results. Going on extremes, you're taking a big risk. Now, 
in closing, one thing that I'd like to have you keep in mind. It's not that Gen X women are bad or doing anything wrong. It's just that this is the reality of a segment of our population that exists. And this is to help you better understand some of the behaviors, some of the priorities, and some of the aspects of their existence in our larger population. Take care, folks. Talk to you soon. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, AudioMac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes, in the event for professional assistance. Please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.